I believe, and, and so do other pastors, uh, uh, I'm not the first one to originate this. I, another man, a guy, uh, mentioned this recently, and, and I believe in talking to other people that there's a spirit of division in our nation, in our city, in our community that the enemy, I believe, has, has unleashed. But the good thing is, is that, you know, God works all things to the good for those that love him and are called according to his purpose, Right. So as much as my heart breaks for you guys and you represent thousands and thousands of other people, is it cra- isn't it crazy like through all the division and the hate and the anger we're seeing, a tragedy happens which brings people together and help one another. Amen? We don't, you know, people we've helped this week, uh, we, don't, we don't know them. It, it, we, we've never met them before. It uh, doesn't matter their background or, or their political affiliation. They're in need and we want to help them, right? So I'm hoping that through this, even a tragedy, we hate that people lost everything they have. And we have, I have a pastor friend again, you know, he told, telling me it needs a way I can help. I'll be in his area Saturday and how, with things that they need and things, you know, it, 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 it oh, tragedies in the midst of this, uh, all of go, what's going on helps unify people. Amen. And as I said, Sunday, unity is only good as its base. Communion, common union. That's why I thought it was great that first Sunday we had communion since we've been back. That, you know, uh, we, we, it's a sign of unity of having something in common. So unity is only good as the base. And our base, again, is the Lord Jesus Christ, is the rock of our salvation. And so that's the common unity that we come under, uh, every day as we walk, as we come to church, as we fellowship together. So if you have your Bible, turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 10 and verse, uh, I'm sorry, no, 1 Corinthians chapter 1 in verse 10. 1 Corinthians 1.10, if you got your, your paper Bible, your iPhone, iPad, we'll have the notes up on the screen. But uh, I'm going to be reading this out of one of the newer translations. I like the way that it, it's said in 1 Corinthians 1 verse 10. It says this, I urge you, my brothers and sisters, for the sake of the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now let's stop there. That goes back to what I was just saying. He's urging us right here to do something. And to not do something, but why? For the sake of the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, right? Not just to be a good person, not because it's the right thing to do. We're doing it in the name of the Lord Jesus. To agree to live in unity with one another, and look at this, put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. Be restored as one united body living in perfect harmony. And some translations said it's in perfect unity. Let's pray over our time in the word. Father, we thank you. I thank you just for the, the wonderful unity and harmony in here tonight, just as we worship, as we come together, as we pray. Uh, uh, I thank you for that. And Lord, tonight, I, I come against the spirit of division right now. I rebuke it and I bind it and I forbid it for operating in my life, in my family's life, in this church's life, in our city, state, the nation, and even the globe. I come against it and united. Come on, why don't you unite with me, church? Let's pray against the spirit of division. We bind up the spirit of division even as we expose it and look at ways to defeat it. Lord, we know we can't do this on our own again. We come in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not in our own authority, but the authority of the name of the Lord Jesus. As I unpack this word and speak this word, Lord, use me, Holy Spirit. Again, I can't do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help. I pray that we would hear it, receive it, but most of all, apply it to our lives and walk in the authority that you've given us. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen. And as I said that earlier, I believe that Satan has released a spirit of division to divide families, marriages, churches, cities, and even nations in 2020. 
I do believe that the spirit of division, as we just, re- just read, it says, put to rest any division that attempts to tear you apart. We got to understand, again, y'all, I, un- I know there's some practical things we can do and there's some things we can do to, to stop the division, the hate and all this kind of stuff. But we have to understand what's really going on. In the spiritual realm, the Bible says Jesus himself in John 10, 10 said, the thief comes only to kill, to steal, and to destroy. And you could add another D there and say to divide, right? Because part of destruction and what is, 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 is dividing, to kill, to steal, and to destroy. I believe the spirit of division is trying to tear apart our homes, friendships, churches, communities, state, and again, even the nation, especially out of, you know, if, if COVID and, and, and all the, 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 the civil unrest and, and then a hurricane wasn't enough, we're in an election year. And before all of that, it, 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 an election year is always crazy, right? It seems like it gets worse and worse every year. So, so I believe that the spirit of division is working overtime. See, Satan comes, who's, of course, behind all this, to sow seeds of imaginations. And we're going to talk about that. See, he uses first thoughts and then words of slander, gossip, and even profanity to offend and divide people. Isn't that true? You can't turn on one news program. You can't turn on one report. Uh, one, uh, you can't, a lot of times, social media or whatever without seeing this kind of stuff. So, how do we defeat the spirit of division? Now, I'm going to give you four ways to defeat the spirit of division. And all four of these are very practical, which does tie into spiritual. But I'm going to say it this way. They may be practical, but they're powerful. They're practical, but they're powerful because they come from the word of God. And when we do things practically, a lot of times they have implications spiritually. So how do we defeat the spirit of division? Number one, and this is a kind of ties into what I talked about two weeks ago. Number one, we must first recognize it. We must recognize it. See, Satan hides, again, in thoughts and imaginations. Before a decisive word ever comes out of somebody's mouth or decisive or evil action ever comes out, it has to start with a thought, right? It always, the enemy always comes at us in thoughts and imaginations. We see this all the way back in the third book of the Bible, Genesis 3, 1 through 7. Let's look at it together. The serpent was the shrewdest of all of the wild animals the Lord God had made. One day he asked the woman, did God really say you must not eat the fruit from any of the trees in the garden? So he planted a thought. He planted an imagination. Did God really say that? Made her ponder, made her question the word of God. Let me stop right there. The enemy will always try to make you question the word of God. Something you've read, you've studied, you've believed, you've heard preached over many, many years. It's amazing. I've seen so many Christians that have been saved and even pastors longer than I've, I've even been around start questioning the authority of God's word. And we see this right here. He plants a thought to make you question, did God really say? The next verse, of course we may eat from the trees in the garden. The woman replied, it's only the fruit in the tree in the middle of the garden that we are not allowed to eat. God said you must not eat it or even touch it, which he didn't say that. If you do, you will die. Here comes the enemy. You won't die, the serpent replied to the woman. God knows that your eyes will be open as soon as you eat it, and you will be like God, knowing both good and evil. The woman was convinced. She saw that the tree was beautiful and its fruit delicious, and she wanted the wisdom it would give her. So she took some of the fruit and ate it. And she gave some of her, some to her husband who was with her, 
And he ate it too. At that moment, their eyes were open and they suddenly felt shame at their nakedness. So they sewed fig leaves together to cover themselves. See, Satan suggested to Eve that God was unfair and she believed him. She, he planted a thought, an imagination. Her subsequent words to Adam, now that thought turned into words, even to her husband, started the fire of sin that has burned uncontrollably for thousands of years. And not only has sin continued to burn uncontrollably, you know, Brother Jim Darnell said something um, for the transition service for our 40th anniversary. He said something that was powerful, and he said that, and I forgot the exact words. I wrote it down, but I, I was reminded of that as I was studying this afternoon. But that, you know, it's sin continues to increase and to build on, on each other. It's, it's, a, it's an effect. Like he said, a subsequent effect that continues to build. So in other words... Whenever sin began with Adam and Eve, they begin to sin. And then the next generation didn't stop doing the things Adam and Eve did. They added to them, right? Continued to do that sin. And then uh, this generation added even crazier stuff. And then the next generation continued to do what the forefathers did. And they continued. So every generation, sin abounds even more and more, right? The Bible even says in the last days, people will think up new ways to sin. Correct? And it all starts with a thought from the enemy. So me, we must, how do we, we must not only recognize, but we must recognize and rebuke the enemy. And this is what I talked about two weeks ago, how we must walk in our authority, right? Walk in the, the God-given authority that, that the Lord has, has given us. Walk in the authority of Christ. Look at Matthew 16, 23. Jesus turned to Peter and said, get away from me, Satan. Look at this. I love this. You are a dangerous trap to me. You are seeing things merely from a human point of view, not from God's point of view. And that was actually this past something that I preached on that walking in the authority that Christ has given us. I love that in the new living. You are a dangerous trap. You see, first of all, the Lord recognized the voice of Satan speaking through Peter when Peter tried to rebuke Jesus about the cross. He wasn't, he, he wasn't calling Peter Satan. He recognized it was Satan speaking through Peter. And he rebuked the devil. He recognized the devil's voice and he rebuked the enemy that was speaking through him, trying to rebuke him, trying to divide the plan that God had for all humanity, which was the redemptive work of the cross. See, we must recognize that Satan is setting a dangerous trap of division in our lives and in our community, right? Jesus said, Get thee behind me, Satan, or get away from me, or get behind me. You are a dangerous trap. Division is one of the most dangerous traps that we are facing nowadays, church. The division, and I mean, I know it's, it, I'm, I'm talking about it's broad, but we, I, what I said Sunday, and the reason why it was so powerful to have communion and talk about it, we can't allow the division we see in the world and here on TV, on social media, to infiltrate the church. We have to be a united front in our in, in our churches, in the body of Christ. Amen? No matter where you're at, you're home, even that. Like, you know, people go back and forth. Whether you're still watching from home or here, we're still united. Amen? We, and, and, and I understand some people are still hadn't come back to church yet for health reasons and whatnot and trying to be careful. And we understand that we got to stay united. Whether we're having church at home or in the auditorium, amen? we still the body of Christ, right? So we must recognize and rebuke the enemy when you recognize and, and you hear the spirit of division uh, from others. And let me even say this, coming out of you, amen? You may have a thought and something comes out like, man, that, that I, I need a, I need, I, I need a, 
recognize it and take authority over the enemy, like I said Sunday, and walk in the authority that the Lord has given us. Amen? Number two, and again, this is very practical. We must control our words. Look at James 3, 6. And the tongue is a fire. It can be compared to the sum total of wickedness, and it's the most dangerous part of the human body. It corrupts the entire body and is a hellish flame. Listen to this. It releases a fire that can burn throughout the course of human existence. Isn't that true today? That the tongue of some people today are burning their lives down and burning other people's lives down. We see another front and on our neighbors way west of us on the west coast have been dealing with forest fires, right? And you see those fires that blaze for acres and acres and miles and miles sometimes start with a cigarette butt or a little smoldering campfire that didn't go out, right? And it, it blazes and destroys and burns down forests, homes, and many lives destroys. The Bible says our tongue's even worse. That's what I'm trying to say. This is a practical point. Control your words. But the spiritual implications of applying this practical point is very powerful. The spiritual implications uh, can save way more uh, of lives and hurt and pain and families than thousands of acres in California. See, recognize it whenever, uh, going back to the point one, a thought or an imagination condemns or becomes offended. A thought begins to offend you and you plan retaliation against someone else. We're all going to get hurt, right? We're all going to get sideways, like we said, with somebody. When somebody tells us something, right? Come on, if you're married, you, you, you know it's hard when your spouse tells you something and you're like, your first, your first thought is to be defensive, right? Come on, married couples, help me out and put here, right? It's like you, you, your spouse tells you something and you're like, you get the, but then you, you got to, okay, no. You can either retaliate with that tongue or you can say, okay, you know, tell me more, honey. Right? We can, you know, Pastor Larry says the best when your spouse is, is, is tells you something, they're not attacking you, they're adjusting you. If my cal my collar was up right here and I didn't recognize it and Brother James was about to walk off and he said, hey, brother, look, your collar's up, man. Let me put that down. I could get all mad at James and be like, bro, don't touch my shirt. But he's like, man, I'm just trying to help you out, man. You're about to go preach. I don't want you to look like a fool, you know, right? He would just be adjusting me. Now my wife and I, we learned that years ago at a marriage conference that Pastor Larry and Miss Melanie put on here. And so now uh, my wife and I, she very kindly says, uh, babe, can I adjust you real quick? <laughs> so she's setting, you know, she's setting up the table. Look, I'm just trying to help you here, right? So, you know, we got to be careful in our marriage or, or people. And look, people that are... The spirit of division is influencing and it ain't trying to adjust us. They are trying to attack us, okay? The enemy, let's go back to that. Your spouse most of the time is trying to adjust you. But there are people out there right now that are trying to attack us or each other or whatever. Listen, this is what the key for this point. If you don't get nothing else, don't connect your thoughts with your words. Don't connect your thoughts with your words. It's one thing to have a, a decisive thought and the enemy because he will plant thoughts in your heads, but don't connect those thoughts what your words you listen church here's a secret you know you don't have to say everything you think amen thank you Dodie you know a couple weeks ago maybe I'm kind of all these weeks are running in. it might have been last Sunday two weeks ago you know I said that you know and, and, and I've heard a lot of don't believe everything you think and don't say everything you think right because the enemy will plant thoughts. We just saw that, right? We just saw that through Adam and Eve in the, just the third chapter of the Bible. The spirit of the vision loses its power to use a word to sow in the vision. 
You see, first you expose the spirit of division by recognizing it, calling it out and rebuking it. But if you don't connect those those evil thoughts, those imaginations that he places in our minds, because the Bible says we need to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ and don't connect it to a word. Now he's exposed out of darkness. And two, it loses its power if you don't speak it out. Amen. See, the tongue can commit spiritual arson. Every unbridled word that was inspired by the spirit of division has the potential to burn woods down, has the potential to burn the woods of your life, but many others lies down. You know, just recently, you know, and there, there's some horrible things going on out there, especially if you've been noticing, I'm glad it's coming to life. A lot of this human trafficking and kidnapping of children, abuse of children, you know, and, and it's horrible stuff. But my wife was even telling me that she saw somebody posted something about a certain uh, a person that was that was involved in human trafficking. And it's just like, man, even that you got to be careful. Just because somebody says something or whatever, you go post somebody's picture on Instagram or Facebook because there is even maybe that these people could be getting falsely accused. Now, look, it, it may not be. We just got to be careful, okay? Because you can, your post, your words, and we're going to get into that in the next point, not only your words, but what you write can, man, it can start division, but it can burn somebody's life down. It can destroy them and their families, amen? So again, control your words, and then here's the key for this because this really is, is, is like, Point two B, because of the society we live in. Number three, we must watch what we write. We must watch what we write. See, most people will hesitate to speak a divisive word face to face to another person. They will, however, hide behind an email, a text, a post, or a comment in a post or an article. They will release every foul gossip, slander, blasphemy, backbiting, and even profanity that their imagination can conjure up which I know is a big fueler, is the spirit of division, right? I mean, it's crazy. I, I'll read an article and I don't know, say the saints or something and, and, or, or a comment or, and any article, news article, sports article, whatever, an article on milk, and you go into the comment section and people are arguing. How are you going to argue over milk, man? You know, it's just like, but isn't it true? I'm, I'm just made up milk. I mean, that, but isn't it true? People argue over the most ridiculous things now. And get venomous over some of the craziest stuff on social media. Why? They keyboard warriors. It's easy to hide behind a keyboard and clickety-clack away with your thumbs and on your iPad or whatever. It's very easy to do that. But listen, we got to watch what we write. Listen to these verses. And even though I'm talking about writing them, in our day and age in the 2020, writing is a form. It's still a type of language and words. Wouldn't you admit it's just written words, right? And the, the more dangerous thing about this, why the spirit of division is even more dangerous in the day and age of, uh, of technology, internet, and social media, is once you hit sin, it's out there, y'all. I've said this many times for you younger people out here. If you're watching, you can say, oh, yeah, but I deleted that. It's somewhere. They can pull it up. A good IT company or somebody can put, it don't just poof and go out. It's somewhere. And I've talked to IT people about that, and, it, and it's true. James is in here. James can probably testify to that, right? If you send to James, if you're good enough, you can find it, right? That post, that email, that text, even if you hit delete. So listen to these verses. Ephesians 4, 31 and 32. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander. It's amazing how bitterness, rage, and anger come first because they fuel harsh words and slander. Come on, somebody. As well as all types of evil behavior. This is a type of evil behavior right here today. 
Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God in Christ has forgiven you. As the church, I'm talking to the church tonight, just because somebody slanders you or says something to you on Facebook or Instagram, you don't have to respond. Very practical, but very powerful. You do not have to respond. Look at Colossians 3, 7, and 8. You used to do these things when your life was still part of the world. And Paul was listing some other things. The Apostle Paul talking to the church, the, the Colossian church. And so he's saying you used to do a bunch of things, but when you were part of the world, then he goes on. But now is the time to get rid of, now that you're saved, that you're born again, you know Christ. But now is the time to get rid of, here he goes again, anger, rage, malicious behavior, slander, and even dirty language. And come on, we're talking about even just, just typing and writing and online, right? It's amazing how even that, people's language will get more filed when they're texting or emailing or, or on social media. You know, this is where we're living. This is the day and age we live in, in America 2020. All these things you say not to do, yes, it's coming verbally, but man, it's so easy to do it over a text, over an email, over a comment, and over social media. We are in the crossfire of division on an unprecedented scale in our country. Wouldn't you agree? And really across the globe, because that's another thing. Any tweet, any Instagram post, snap, whatever it is, all, all that other stuff that even the youngins are doing now, in a matter of seconds, that goes around the world. A matter of seconds. You remember a couple weeks ago I read how Jesus said there's going to come a time that what you whisper in the dark is going to be shouted from house, rooftops? And in a matter of minutes, it'll go around. That's today. Technology is proving what Jesus said, that what you say in a minute can go around the world and be exposed just like that. See, the spirit division has free access to millions of people who are linking their keyboard to everything the spirit of division composes them to do. Don't link your keyboard to the spirit of division. Don't link your phone or your iPad to the spirit of division. Paul, and I mean, there are so many other ones. I mean, just read you a couple, two different letters to Ephesian church, the Colossian church. And Paul's like, get rid of this language. They didn't have technology back then, but we do today. Amen. The power of social media has its benefits, but it also carries a whole new method of division never seen on this planet Earth. As one man of God said, it's anonymous destruction. We're living in the age of anonymous destruction. And as a church, we got to do our best to unify, which brings me to my fourth and final point. Use your words and your tweets and your texts and your posts to bless and to unify. Use your words and what you write. I could have added that to the point. You can fill it in if you want. Use your words and what you write to bless and unify. Ephesians 4.29, let no foul or polluting language, nor evil word, nor unwholesome or worthless talk ever come out of your mouth, but only speak or only such speech as is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others. That is, is fitting to the need and the occasion that, listen to this, it may be a blessing and give grace, which is God's favor to those who hear it. And remember, Paul is not writing to a lost, he's writing to the Ephesian church right here. This is a letter to the church in Ephesus, right? So he's talking to believers. So again, we should be the united front and not get sucked in or influenced by the spirit of division. So what does it say? Let me go back to that part. 
Only speak what is good and beneficial to the spiritual progress of others as it's feeding, fitting to the need and the occasion that it may be a blessing and give grace to those who hear it. The need and occasion right now, church, is unity. That's the biggest need and the occasion that we need right now is unity. Just as there's a spirit of division and, of course, all kind of other things tied into that, the biggest need is to be unified. It's unity right now. See, we must refuse to listen or participate to, with people that are launching verbal harpoons, so to speak, across cyberspace, TV, or in person. See, because James 3.8, he's talking about the words. He says it's like a deadly poison, right? It, it, look, it, look what it says. It is restless and evil and full of deadly poison. The tongue. When the tongue, he even says in, 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 in verse 10 that, that it ought not be that the same tongue uses to bless and to curse. We'll bless God, but then we'll curse our brother. Right? So it's full of deadly poison. Don't allow that arrow or that, that harpoon, so to speak, fully, full of deadly poison to be released from your mouth or from your hand. This is just like the fire that, that, like I said, destroys forests and homes and, and whatnot. Just this deadly poison is way more than, than cyanide or strychnine would ever be. That can kill your body, but man, this, this can ruin your life and your spirit. Listen, surrender your tongue to the Holy Spirit. He is the spirit of unity. So as we wrap this thing up, we, we, we're exposing the spirit of division, but we must surrender to the spirit of unity. The Holy Spirit is the spirit of unity. Look, we see that in Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. I urge you then, this is Apostle Paul again speaking, I, who am a prisoner because I serve the Lord, live a life that measures up to the standard God, God, the standard God set when He called you. Remember, who's our standard? Listen, sometimes there's even people that we think we can look up to that are, that can be influenced by the spirit of the vision of something else. The Lord Himself is our standard. I know it's been said and there's bracelets and stuff. What would Jesus do, right? How would Jesus handle it? What, what, what did Jesus do when they slandered, gossiped, and even accused him of being filled with the devil? Right? What did he do? Go to the Word. See how Jesus didn't even respond to most of his accusers. Right? Look what he goes on to say. But always, be always humble, gentle, and patient. Show your love by being tolerant to one another. Look at this. Do your best to, to preserve the unity which the Spirit gives by means of peace that binds you together. See, pre preserve the unity which the Spirit gives. The Holy Spirit is the Spirit of unity. Y'all tracking with me? Y'all see that? He is the Spirit. How do you combat the Spirit of division? By surrendering your life, your tongue, and your thoughts to the Holy Spirit. Right? We start with recognizing and rebuking the enemy, walking in the authority that God has given us. You remember Sunday again, reference back, we talked about that. Joshua took the five kings out, told his generals, put your foot on their neck. As symbolic as Jesus put his, his, has his, the enemy under our feet, we got to recognize that. We got to watch our words, control our tongue, but then use our words to bless and unify and surrender to the Spirit of God. You know what? If you have been offended, if somebody has told you something, even if you have retaliated, in person, or online, or through a text, or through an email, go to your brother or sister face-to-face -face if they have offended you with the goal to be reconciled. See, nothing will break the back of division like reconciliation. 
Let me say that again. Nothing will break the back of division like reconciliation. When you reconcile with your brother. Matter of fact, the Bible says we have been called to the ministry of reconciliation. Now, I know in the context of that scripture, it means reconciling the loss back to God. But I believe it's applied to us being reconciled to one another as well, right? See, now tonight we're exposing the spirit of division. So when we use our mouth to bless and unify, he has nowhere to hide. Amen? So when you start seeing this thing, as you continue, because listen, I mean, according to Scripture, church, honestly, it's not going to get any better. We should just not be a part of it, is what I'm trying to say tonight. It's going to continue to get worse out there, but us as a church, we shouldn't get sucked into the spirit of division, right? We should be unified amongst ourselves and out there, like I said Sunday, and be a witness to those around us. So we can defeat the spirit of division. Just real quick again, we must recognize it and rebuke the enemy. We must con- must control our words. We must also watch what we write anywhere, any kind of digital outlet, and use your words to bless and unify. Amen? So as we've been talking about division amongst people, amongst communities, even churches, I want to end with Isaiah 59, too, because we were... Uh, a, once, and maybe some people in here are watching online tonight, there may be division between you and God. Because look what the Bible says in Isaiah 52, 9. It is your sins that separate you from your God. The Lord turns away from you when he sees them. The Bible makes it clear that our sins cause division between us and God, a separation between us and God. Some translations even go further and say your iniquities has separated you from the Lord. And iniquities is not just one or two sins. It's actually a pattern of sin. It's a lifestyle of sin that could even go down unto generations. But Jesus died on the cross to unify us back with the Father. Amen. Would you do me a favor and bow your heads with me? Just bow your heads and close your eyes. Even if you're watching online tonight, just bow your head. Just out of respect for those around you here in this place, but reverence to the Lord. And it just helps you to focus on him. You may not feel like you're unified with the Lord tonight. You know, as we pray for Sheila's brother, you know, it's people that are in ICU right now. People still dealing with COVID. Some people that have just recently lost their lives in this storm. And we don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. I told y'all Sunday about the guy that, that you know, again, Sheila's family that, that choked eating out on a restaurant. We don't know something that simple. The, the last person we need to be divided from is from the Lord himself. It's from our creator that created us with a plan and a purpose. You remember Paul said that you were called to? The Lord has created us. He loves us. He's called us to be in relationship with each other, in relationship with him. He has a divine purpose and a plan so we can make a difference. But if we have sin in our lives, then we stay separated or divided from the Lord. So whatever head bowed and every eye closed, if you say, Brandon, man, if that was me, one of those people that got, you know, that perished in the storm, or like this young man that choked in a restaurant, and if today was my last day on this planet, and I don't know if I'd be unified with God through all eternity. And that's the, that's the main point. When, when we breathe our last, we're either going to spend eternity in heaven or hell. Whether it be unified with all eternity or separated and divided from the Lord. If you're in here tonight, you say, Brandon, I'm not sure if I'm right with God. I feel like there's a division between us. But I want to get right. I want to be unified in the spirit with the Lord. If that's you, just lift up your hand and say, Brandon, would you pray with me? I see your hand, sir. Anybody else? 
I see your hands over here, hands going up to my left. Thank you, Jesus. Even at home, if that's you and you're watching online, just lift up your hands as a sign of surrender. Come on, hands going up in the auditorium. Anybody else? Ma'am, I see your hand over here. Hands still going up. Come on, anybody else? Before we leave tonight, this is the, the Lord is the one you need to be reconciled and be unified with before anyone. And then everything else, everybody else, he begins to go from there. Let's pray together. If you got your hand lifted in this auditorium right at home, the Bible says if you believe in your heart, confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Come on, we need to confess and repent our sins and then confess that he is our Lord. Just, just pray this with me. And as a church, let's pray it as a family. Just say, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for the gift of salvation. I receive it tonight. Now, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sin. I turn away from sin and I turn to you. I make you my Lord and Savior. I want to be unified with you on this life and in the life to come. Thank you, Lord, for, for bringing us together tonight in unity. Now give me the grace and give me the strength to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Come on, why don't we celebrate with these tonight? Thank you, Jesus. God bless y'all. All of you that raise your hands, you maybe have made this decision for the first time tonight or you may be rededicated, resurrendered your life. There's a card in the pew that says, I made a decision. Fill out that card, bring it to the info center. We love to pray with you at home. You can click on the connect card or the connect link online right there. For the rest of us, why don't you stand up? Come on, let's pray, right? As we prayed against the spirit of the vision early, let's pray that, that, that we would not be influenced, right? By division, by hate, by anger, malice, rage. You remember all those things that led up to the evil words? All that stuff's going on around, church. But come on, it shouldn't be here. And I believe the more we get unified here in the body of Christ, I'm not just talking about in the building. We are the church, right? Come on, the body of Christ is operating all over our community, city, state, nation, and across the globe, right? I believe that it can be a witness to those, and they might actually want to be unified and be built on the rock and come to the Lord just as many did tonight. Father, we just pray right now. Again, we come against that spirit of division. We bind it. We rebuke it. And Lord, we thank you that we exposed it tonight, Lord. Maybe there's some in here that have noticed that that spirit of division has been influencing them and maybe operating through their thoughts, their words, maybe even what they write online. Lord, I pray tonight. Come on, if that's you, you need to repent and just, if you recognize that you've been a part of this division, come on, repent and ask the Lord to forgive you. In Jesus' name, Father, we ask that you would forgive us, help us to be a unifying force in the body and out there, Lord God, that we would control our words, we would watch what we write, Lord God, we would recognize and walk in the authority as we rebuke the enemy, we walk in the authority of Christ, help us to use our words to bless, not to curse, to unify, Lord God, just as we sang the blessing earlier, we want to be a blessing in our words and in our action to those around us, Lord God, draw us closer to you and closer to each other as a church family that we may be unified and combat the division that's going on all around us. We love you. We thank you. We need you, Lord. We worship you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. And amen. Well, God bless y'all. We love y'all. If you need specific prayer for anything, we'll be down here tonight. If not, uh, we'll see y'all soon.